So today, of course, we know we're here to celebrate Easter, a holy day that, among other things, reminds us that God is the God of new beginnings. With Easter comes new life, new possibilities, and new hope. We've heard the traditional Easter resurrection reading from the Gospel of John, and our second reading today, also from the Gospel of John, is recorded as occurring not long after the resurrection. It involves several disciples, but the focus is on Peter, who denied knowing Jesus three times. At the Last Supper, Jesus told Peter, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. Peter said, no, that will never happen. But then, of course, Peter did, just as Jesus predicted. And as we hear the scripture read this morning, I invite you to reflect on the shame and the guilt that Peter was likely holding um, within him, carrying in himself as these things and as this conversation took place. So hear this word from John chapter 21, verses 1 through 17. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? And they answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes for he was naked and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal, charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This portion of the gospel is often read either as Jesus' rehabilitation of Peter, because you have these three questions in response to the three instances of denial, or also it can be referred to as the commissioning of Peter because Jesus gives him assignments for what to do. 
Um, or sometimes it's considered both. And I enjoy the idea of it being both with a leaning towards the rehabilitation because the denials had happened very recently before this um, encounter with Jesus. And so that need for forgiveness and the restoration and reconciliation of relationship between them would be high of high importance. Um, but then Jesus uses this commissioning, it seems. He'd use the commissioning statements as a way of bringing this reconciliation and rehabilitation for Peter. With each question Jesus asked, I imagine Peter feeling the sting of what he had done. And hopefully, as Jesus gave Peter assignments, as he commissioned him after each question and response, hopefully he also felt the forgiveness and the recognition that Jesus was giving him another chance, that Peter still had a place in the kingdom of God, still had a role to play in the work of Christ. Now, if this portion of scripture were a film, I imagine it would be filled with flashbacks. There are connections to the past in the ways that the disciples come to recognize Jesus in this passage. The disciples were fishing, but caught nothing. Then Jesus says, throw the nets on the right side, and the net was filled. Well, flashback to Luke 5, when Jesus gets in the boat with Simon Peter after he's caught nothing and says, throw your nets out again, and then Simon Peter catches so much, his nets are filled to overflowing. And then when the disciples were served fish and bread there on the beach, flashback to the feeding of the 5,000 with just a few fish and loaves. Both of these connections to the past help them to help the disciples to recognize Jesus as their Lord. There are also connections to the past in the conversation with Peter, the conversation just between Jesus and Peter. Here, in one of Peter's last encounters with Jesus, Jesus begins his conversation by calling him Simon, son of John. Flashback to when Jesus first called Simon Peter to be his disciple, and he referred to him by the same name, Simon, son of John. When Jesus asked, do you love me more than these? Flashback to John 13, when Peter used those words, that very phrase, more than these, about his willingness to lay down his life for Jesus. But then later he denied him. And of course, each question to Peter, do you love me? would bring flashbacks of each time Peter denied Jesus. Those are moments that I'm sure Peter would prefer to have just forgotten, to leave in the past. We have all done things that we would rather just forget. True? When those sort of things are brought up, we might avoid the topic or change the subject very quickly, as quickly as possible. Or we may try to deny that or say, oh, I don't really remember. Or we may try to retell the story and soften it a bit so that maybe we don't look quite as terrible, so that we don't have more people recognizing how bad we can be and how big of mistakes that we've made. Or we turn red from embarrassment. You know, some people, you may be one of those people, you cannot control it. You know when some people are nervous or embarrassed or something because, like, it starts here and then the red just creeps up their neck until it swallows their whole face. Yes, anybody, I know there are many of us. Um, I remember going to Lena's um, first grade, I think, um, teacher meeting with all the parents gathered here. And the first grade teacher, Miss N, she's good with all the kids. She talks in front of people all day who are small. But the 
parents get in, and as she's telling us about the classroom stuff, this red is just encompassing her whole upper body. I can see it, that she's uncomfortable being with us. Or we may get this terrible feeling in the pit of our stomach that makes us feel sick. Um, Or we may feel guilt, that same guilt and shame that we felt the first time that we made that mistake and we realized what we had done. So looking at this conversation with Peter and Jesus, this would not have been a pleasant moment for Peter. He would have been feeling all those kinds of things. But, ironically, it was a good news moment for Peter. Because in reminding Peter of each incident, while also giving Peter a new ministry assignment, Jesus offered the opportunity for healing, for forgiveness, and for another chance. It was a new chance for Peter to be faithful and obedient to God and to love Jesus as Peter said he would love Jesus. God, through the gift of Christ, this is our good news offers each of us a new chance to. The stories in John 21 are not resurrection stories exactly because the focus is not on the resurrection, um, but more, that was more in the, uh, the heart of John chapter 20, which we read earlier at the beginning of the service, but rather the focus of John 21 moves beyond Jesus' resurrection to the future. It's about how the community of disciples can continue to experience Jesus' presence and carry his work forward. Jesus, um, so in this interaction with Peter, Jesus teaches all of his disciples, including us who read the story now, how to be obedient and how to stay connected to Jesus even after the loss of his physical presence among us. It would be so nice to have Jesus right here to tell us the very little things to do and instruct us and remind us with parables and all those sorts of things. We don't have that. So how do the disciples move forward? How do they carry on the work? Well, Jesus said, feed and tend my sheep. So we're to care for people and to serve the community of faith and practical ways that help with people's physical needs, with our realistic everyday needs. This is a common message in John and really in all the gospels that we love Jesus by loving others. And Jesus said, do you love me more than these? We are called to dedicate our lives fully and above all else to loving and serving God. And then Jesus forgave Peter and gave him another chance. Well, guess what? We are called to forgive people, to love people with a self-giving, forgiving love and offer others second chances, multiple chances. Now, we don't like to give people second chances all the time. We do love a second chance for ourselves, though. We will take those any time. But it's hard for us to offer those to others. It's difficult for us to believe. I don't know what it is about us as humans, but it's difficult for us to believe that people who have been doing bad, people who have hurt, caused hurt, that they will change for the good. Now, we have no problem believing that someone who has done good things and has been helpful can change for the bad, right? That's, that's definitely, that happens all the time. We have no problem with that, but we cannot wrap our minds around the possibility that people who have done wrong and have caused hurt can grow and improve and do good and be a blessing to others. And so we don't want to try to give them another chance. We just write them off, cut them out. And lately, it seems like everyone is ready to cut out anyone who does or says even one thing wrong, or who even makes a statement with which we disagree. We're done. It's over. Unfriend. It's, it's over for us. 
But we can't very well build a community of faith or the kingdom of God in that way, can we? As disciples of Jesus, part of the deal is believing in and working for reconciliation, for new beginnings and new chances, not just for ourselves, for everybody. Almost every part of John 21 points to something in the disciples and in Jesus' past, but it also calls us into a hopeful future. In the response to each of Jesus' questions, Peter's, yes, I love you, is not just, it's not just words, it's not just lip service. In essence, he is pledging his life and committing his future to loving God and neighbor. And may we all do the same. When we have flashbacks to the negative and the painful and the embarrassing parts of our past that we would rather forget and we need forgiveness for, may we turn to Jesus and seek out that healing and forgiveness and open ourselves to receive what God offers to us through Christ, new life, new chance, new opportunities, and a hope for a new future. And then may we pledge our lives to love and serve God and each other. Easter is exciting all in itself, of course, but it also points us forward to a new life. We celebrate on Easter, but then very, very quickly we are called also to participate. It's a party, but we're also called to participate, to participate in a new life in Christ by sharing the grace and the second chances that Christ brings for all of us. May we do so. Amen. Hey friends, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for tuning into our message this week in the gathering. We hope you found it meaningful and life-giving. As always, you're invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. either in person here in the chapel or online. If you want to know more about who we are at Bluff Park United Methodist Church, you're invited to check out our website. There you'll find out who we are, what we have going on, and how you can be a part of it. As always, friends, if there's anything that we can do for you, you're invited to reach out to us. We are here to help you and support you in any way that we can. We hope that you're having a great week, and we look forward to seeing you soon.